What did you do during the pandemic, Daddy? Did you give practical help to the elderly or assist a neighbour? Well, nearly. I, I spoke about Doctor Who. Oh, you always speak about Doctor Who. Ah, uh, yeah, but I was nice about it. Well, I should think so. It's your favourite programme. I made a podcast. Oh, original. Hello, Toby. And hello, faithful viewers and listeners of Toby's Happy Times and Places. It's an utter, utter pleasure to be a guest on here. Um, I am Anthony Townsend. And today I'm here about something that's definitely feels like a happy time and place for me. Time of the Rani. Right, well, oh, that was Postman. Right, well, I've plenty to do today, but I'm doing this. Uh, I've got up early. Uh, Stop, I'm trying to, that's awful, isn't it? That's a real, that's a real performative uh, opening there, isn't it? I'm, yes, I'm doing a thing. I'm doing a really important thing. What, what are you doing, Toby? Um, I'm watching television, but you just made it sound like you were doing something really important well my, my friend is poorly and uh, I'm doing something to help oh what are you doing are you doing a running a marathon to raise money for the NHS you're actually going to see that person uh, uh, carrying goodies and comestibles and uh, delighting them with your presence uh, and, and or doing something genuinely helpful like ferrying them about um, no I'm I'm going to try to enjoy watching a Doctor Who story oh my god t t I mean Amnesty International, the SAS, they have nothing on you, Toby. Uh, well, I'm doing. Hello, Bernard. Bernard's come and brought me a letter. Uh, I'm doing. I'm. I'm doing what I can. <laughs> come here, Ben. Good boy. Uh, I'm doing what I can, um, which is to watch Time and the Rani and try and have a good time while doing so. Which I mean is kind of the point a little bit. Um, come on, pal. Come on, come on, come on, good boy. Uh, brief hiatus there, cause Bernard jumped up and pressed stop. <laughs> he, you see, this is the sort of thing real heroes have to deal with. Uh, <laughs> Bernard, I'm going to move the computer because uh, your paws are reliability. Hello, my darling boy. Bernard says hello uh, in in a way that only dogs can by not saying anything. Anyway. I see, this is heroic. I look at the forces of, of evil I'm having to overcome in order to watch Time and the Rani, episode three. Bernard, we're going to press play in three, two, one. Dum-ba-da-dum, dum-ba-da-dum, dum-ba-da-dum. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a wise move, uh, moving from the 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 Starfield uh, title sequence uh, to have something more ambitious. And I think you know, I I I think it's it's quite a long title sequence. Um, I mean, nowadays some shows are. I feel I, I'm sad that shows don't have uh, title sequences. And I know Doctor Who's done it a couple of times recently. I actually thought that was quite intriguing when. On Jodie Whittaker's first episode, there wasn't a title sequence because it held something back uh, for, for 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 the following week. Uh, but you know, yeah, shows do need title sequences. Yes, I remember that the episode starting uh, this way. So, Time and the Rani, of course, uh, is 
is sort of based on uh, the title of Time and the Conways, a marvellous uh, J.B. Priestley play. If you've never experienced any of J.B. Priestley's time plays, they're sort of, you know, drawing room plays with people all being terribly polite to each other, but then they're really weird. Um, and I think they're fabulous. I discovered them. Uh, I think, oh, somebody was doing a production of... Uh, time in the conways and i fancied being in it so i read it and went oh this is not what i expect um no it must i must have no it must have been earlier than that that must have been a rereading because i think i was younger i think i was at college when i first read priestly inspector calls we never studied any of it but there was a a, 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 a production of an inspector calls that um uh, went to the west end and toured and usually had three very interesting actors in it at least a couple of whom had been in Doc 2 I remember the one I read and I never saw it but I, I would quite often be at theatres it was in or walk past theatres where there was a poster uh, and I think the triumvirate of Paul Shelley, Rula Lenska and Bernard Kay uh, was the one I would really fancied watching uh, Pers Persuasion, Inspector Crossland and Dr Styles. Um, I've met them all since um so yeah I, I do like the i like the uh the the viscous bloody goo um and the lighting and everything and the smoke and the the whole feel uh if that i'm kind of, i'm kind of digging the tet traps uh having found them somewhat uh cumbersome i think uh as as a as a youngster i think the the, the as i say the rubbery masks are slightly uh and, and they've got funny pot bellies, haven't they? But I actually rather like them. I I uh, I, I think the bat thing works. I think Richard Gauntlet is very good as the the one who talks. It's very economical with the cast here. Actually, the cast list is uh, very small. It's a very good way of uh, you know telling a story on a limited budget. Um, in that that you 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 don't have you know you're telling it with very few characters. I do like the Lucertian colours. Seeing as we're set in a quarry, although I don't mind Doctor being set in a quarry, because what on earth is Sylvester McCoy doing there? It's very funny. Um, he's he's high energy straight away, isn't he? Um, so let's have a look at... The, the lighting is so much better um, since the, the Doctor did whatever he did to the... or the, Since whatever plot happened to the lighting state um yeah no i actually think the tetraps are i actually think the tetraps are pretty good you know um hair was always a problem in those days because hair always they always made hair look sort of nice i mean that that's that monster hair now would be greasy and streaky and oily uh, to make it seem slightly more organic. We were they weren't for I, th I, th I think I presume having any sort of moisture on set was problematic, uh, not in the current sense of the word. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't that it reminded people of when they stained a shirt once and just simply couldn't cope. Um, but 
I know that the, the Destroyer has, a, I remember it being seem, seeming amazing because the Destroyer had a bit of sort of watery saliva in his gob. And then you go, my God, they've done an amazing thing. They've put liquid on a monster. Um, <laughs> uh, I know a lot of Doctor Who fans who've probably put liquid on a monster, but uh, that's, see, I'm now being, I'm now behaving, uh, broadcasting in a way that... Uh, that has a similar tone to uh, the talk on the WhatsApp group um, that is supporting our stricken pal uh, for whom we are doing this. Lovely, Anthony. Um, but it's but but I suppose it's a an important choice, really, for me, um, in the sense that I I. You know, I, I said this podcast to be positive about Doctor Who. Um, oh, the lights have come back on again. Um, oh, I think. Oh, I think there's a there's, there's another instance of somebody falling down the stairs very badly. I think he's supposed to have banged his head there, which is entirely the wrong camera angle to do that. Uh, and Mel does a similar thing in Dragonfire. Um, I suppose it's just the nature of the beast, uh, multi-camera. Um, I mean, he he sort of he basically kicked the umbrella and leapt over it and fell down. Uh, but you know, he's a he's a senior gentleman uh, dressed in green, uh, who's not a stunt man who had to do something in a yeah. And it's those sorts of things that you know. I, I think you simply wouldn't. You just you'd not. You'd do it again. You'd do something in post, but you, you they they couldn't. You know, this is the speed of speed at which they're doing things, but I don't, I, I don't mind it. Um, she has there's something about the way Bonnie Langford runs that that is, I mean, she even she even runs with a sort of um, choreographed energy. Um, it's not a criticism, but it is, it is a sort of unique thing to Bonnie Langford. You, you imagine she even sort of takes a drink. Uh, in a way that has no wasted movement. Do you know what I mean? That's what it is. There's no wasted movement. Oh, that's brilliant the way that she's picked up and she's she's absolutely prone because she's because she's uh, she can dance, can't she? So um, yeah, none of her movement is sloppy at all. But that means bec and because of the sort of buoyancy of her performance, that means everything's uh, uh, everything sort of. Well, nothing's wasted, yeah. No movement. Nothing is sloppy. Uh, but, of course, that does make it look slightly theatrical. But um, but I suppose now you just go, well, Melly is somebody who does yoga. You know, that's why her movements are so precise. She's, she's, not, a song, she's not a song and dance woman uh, who's been transplanted into a science fiction show. Um, but it's amazing. I... I Without the baggage, um, I think it actually it really benefits from from Bonnie Langford's uh, energy. And maybe I've brought my own baggage to it now because I've met her and liked her, and because I I don't like people being uh, mean to her about performers who are very skilled. Um, so I've probably got more positive baggage now. But that's that's the point of of, of um, what what this is 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 to. It, like they say, when you when you're old enough to play Romeo and Juliet, you're too old. Um, 
and when you're young enough you haven't got the experience to uh portray the necessary emotions i always think when when you're a young doctor who fan <laughs> you spent because it's always has the shadow of either mockery of other people or cessation due to beastly executives or uh, angry you know newspapers who want to undermine it because Doctor Who's always attracted the press um, the, 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 the acting of, of, of these two is, is very good and it's almost like they're in a diff, different show I like the way he does this Donald Pickering it's the it's the sort of it's almost like they've gone um yeah we we know it's a we know it's a funny old thing and there's some slightly odd dialogue and and you'll be dressed as a green lion scaly thing uh, but there is a bit of acting in episode three <laughs> uh, yes i notice uh wanda has some tears in episode two do i get anything yes donald don't worry there's some acting um, and that's essentially, that's what I was talking about at the beginning uh, with this. So what are you doing to help your friend, Toby? I, f I feel a bit like in Team America. I'm helping him with my podcasting. Oh, your podcasting's going to save the world, is it, Toby? <laughs> um, great shot. Uh, nice shot from above. Um, that's the killer bees, isn't it? So, yes, talking about being a young Doctor Who fan and spending so much time being angry or frustrated or worried it gave, or any anger came from fear that the thing i loved would be taken away so i i was prone to see its shortcomings and 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 as i say i i, I do look at people on 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 twitter taking doc too terribly seriously now it, of course it is serious it's pr probably the most important thing that isn't a person in my life and i've only added the caveat that isn't a person in order to appear like a functioning human being but i've done quite well without people sometimes and doctor who's always been there so it has genuinely been you know the the most important thing in my life um and i've spent a lot of time being upset with it um and worried about it uh and and, and i don't know if it's age or experience i'm not going to say it's wisdom um I think social media is helped because I've just seen so many other people being unhappy and unnecessary. And the people that I'm drawn to on social media are the ones who are fun and creative. Um, uh, the, you know, that the, the Doctor Who um, is an outlet for their wit and creativity and uh, and technical skills. Some of the stuff that's done uh, technically on, on uh, the internet by Doctor Who fans for free, who aren't you know necessarily professionals, but they're people who are, See far more skilled than a lot of professionals out there um means that yeah this time watching time and the rani again i wish i could watch it without having to gas on the rani is back into her cool uh sexy space dominatrix costume um i mean how how much effort goes into making hair that big i don't know because i'm hair has never been my forte but uh that you know you you've got to get up early to add that sort of volume that sort of luster to your mane haven't you uh killer bees uh, um uh killer insects that's it not killer bees killer insects uh, uh emphasized in post-production adr uh because he didn't actually say that at the time 
uh, I, I, I like the way it was... I think Mark Greenstreet there did some of the... Uh, I'm running up the stairs, so I'm going to do the Lucertian uh, arm thing. And I thought I liked that, whatever that was, the, the, the thing he did with his hands to try and get his mate to... Uh, Lanisha, John Siegel, um, to, uh, to, to respond to him or whatever. Um, again, just any, anything to give sort of alien thought. But uh, yes, my, my alien um, phys physicality. But yes, Mark Greenstreet was doing the thing with his arms as he ran up the stairs and everyone else was just running about because they're, uh, they didn't have a Lukertian choreographer. To I think everyone doing it might have looked a bit odd as well but odd is good actually we can do odd. Hey, being how how do you decide how far you go with making things look uh alien because they can look daft but as we've seen choreography can really help like um you know, the choreography of the scarecrows in uh uh human nature family of blood is is a great thing of going we're actually going to think about the movement of this and we've seen many a sort of slow shambling monster but if you do too much it can also not because aliens wouldn't look weird and wouldn't look perhaps even look silly to us um uh but because you know death can look quite silly F fights can look quite silly and awkward but if you if you put a fight as silly and awkward as it might look in real life it wouldn't look good on television this is i i actually like this because she's suggesting with her body that something's a bit off and that 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 sort of dehumanization of mel and the the bit where she walked through i i'd actually forgotten about that bit and i think that was really effective um and i talking of body language i do like the way that urak moves as well he's uh uh, he's he's got a sort of feral scurrying uh, gait that uh, that he does, um, and I think the upside down thing is great. I remember because Kate Amara hangs upside down in the last episode, doesn't she? And I and I think that messed with her eyes. I think her blood vessels burst in her eyes or something uh, because uh, uh, because she was left hanging around too long. Because but actually hanging upside down is not massively comfortable. Um, I. Could they have had other more scientists, more famous scientists? Einstein is such a good look uh, that I, I I like the fact that uh, Einstein is in a cupboard. Um, I I like those sorts of incongruities with Doctor or those 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 yes those those sort of strange visuals of of, of getting uh, you know an iconic figure uh, like Einstein and and plonking him in a cupboard on a space planet as opposed to a normal planet. Um, so Bess's head is all right now, <laughs> but his dignity might never recover. Uh, yes, Donald Pickering. I, I don't think I said last episode. Uh, I, I I once interviewed a veteran director, and he'd got a poster on his wall, uh, and uh, and he said uh, uh, he was a mixer. Uh, which I never quite got to the bottom of. I think it meant that he was somebody that would, like a sort of I I Iago, pour pouring poison into the ear of the other actors. But uh, yes, it, it wasn't uh, uh, it, it wasn't a flattering report, shall we say? But of course, that's one person's experience. I, I know Wanda Ventham is lovely, and he was her best friend. So uh, you know, uh, 
You must always make your own mind up when you meet people. I sadly never had the pleasure with Donald Pickering. I think I did write to him and I never heard back. Did I? Not sure. As I say, I did, a friend did get his autograph for me at a theatre stage door. And my mother has uh, disposed of it or whatever. Um... Kate Amara was actually only in, as Anthony said, it was only in uh, eight episodes, but she made a real mark and would... Uh, it's, uh, I mean, I suppose the, the master is only Roger Delgado until you recast it and do something with it and then other people make it their own. So you, because Kate Amara is the only view we have of the Rani, you, you know, she's definitive, but there's, there's no way you could... There's no, there's no way you can't have a, a, a different amoral scientist time lord but i suppose the fact that she is female is now no longer the the headline that it once was now that time lords can can uh change because uh, we've got a female master so suddenly you go a female evil time lord and you go well yeah we 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 do we've done that already oh damn uh unless unless she where she she might be maybe she could be fluid with her gender when she's regenerating but she can't be fluid with her 80s-ness so what actually makes the rani distinctive is uh, is not that it's an evil time lady it's an evil time 80s person uh, and she must always have essence of it. so the next one's got a, a headband and sweatpants on uh, and does her evil to uh, workout montages <laughs> or something like that um, uh, I Kef McCulloch does get some stick, and I, 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 I think he he. <laughs> I like the way that he's holding his gun out like that. I'm gonna do something with my gun. Um, uh, I I quite like the way he fills uh, these adventures with music because because. You know, it's it's some actors in a quarry with blue stones. It's 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 shot on videotape. Is it is is quite hard to sell it as a sort of science fiction epic because of the equipment being used. So I think the music is is perhaps more more vital than than it might be in other programs, which is why it's slightly more wall to wall. Uh, Oh yes, good, uh, good stunned acting there, Sylvester McCoy, Percy James, Patrick Kentsmith. Uh, Bayes is a bit. Uh, oh no, he's going to be, he's going to be heroic now, isn't he? Um, Yeah, I like the I like the the the, the vocal sampling on the uh, on the music there. Uh, oh, is this where we get? Because we yeah, because we've been we've uh, we've uh, not known uh, what it is is in her is in her big room. That's some twisty philosophy. If you like. <laughs> do what do we think of the 
Pip and Jane approach to dialogue. I have to say, as a kid, uh, you know, it was something I would sort of parade at school and go, well, Doctor Who has taught me words I might otherwise never use. And, uh, you know, I've, we've, you know, it's well known. Uh, I'm not the only person to have written or podcasted or whatever on it about, you know, how the, the target books uh, would increase our vocabulary. So therefore, Doctor Who is worthy and it is educational. But I have to say, Pip and Jane Baker have taught me words I will never use in a million years and certainly not in the combination they use them in. But there's, I, I like their gleefulness with preposterous language. Um, it, 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 it. I, I mean, again, I, again, I'm not sure I think it's any good, um, because it, it is a bit like that bloke that you know lives with his mum, uh, and i better be careful because I might be describing people like, but but people who use language that is slightly more flamboyant than their personality can back up and it's always it's always quite an odd uh, an odd juxtaposition I like the brain and Peter Tudnam uh, and Jackie Webb but Peter Tudnam particularly uh, doing the voice because he uh, obviously Blake Seven so you go yeah he's got, got, they got the voice man um Uh, the the music's really going hell for leather now. It's it's got the feeling of yeah. This is this is really building to a a, a climax. It's going yeah. This is uh, the uh, the dure is hitting the or oh, whatever. However, Pip and Jay might put it. Uh, the dure is hitting the ventilator. Uh, liking the red lighting but i love the brain i think a giant brain is a is a is a terrific image uh but but, but there is also something glorious about a vampish 80s woman talking to a big pink brain uh whilst bonnie langford screams whilst being manhandled by a walking bat i dedicated my life to this program <laughs> Oh dear God! Uh, <laughs> um, I've just suddenly had a realization that life has been entirely pointless, um, and the amount of anguish that it's caused me with people misrepresenting it, or people who love it saying something wrong about it in a magazine, or simply somebody having a different opinion to it from me. And I, oh, this is, but how can I deal with such? injustice uh <laughs> and or, or, or incorrectness um or, or uh, and 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 it's 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 this it's this very silly program so oh alistair mitchell ob cameraman i thought he only worked on warriors of the deep i think alistair mitchell Here's one for you. Alistair Mitchell uh, is the father of the woman who wrote Fifty Sages of Grey. So not only have we got a vampish 80s woman talking to a giant brain, we've got the man who spawned the sexy book. Uh, uh, so somehow infused in the DNA, somehow infused in the DNA of Fifty Shades of Grey is a little bit of time in the Rani. Um, because, you know, we're all a sum of our experiences and influences. What do I like? 
about episode three. Uh, I love the way it built to a climax at the end there. Um, but I think it's got to be the big brain. I love the big brain. Uh, it, it's kicked it up a gear. I, I don't really know what it means or where it's from or whose whose brain it is. Because presumably a brain used to have to be inside a thing. But I sort of think that with the face of Bo as well. What, what happened to the rest of him? He wasn't born as a head. Well, he might be Captain Jack. Who knows? But, um, you know, how does he breathe? Where are his lungs? If he was only a head, how does he... Anyway, but the, the brain is a striking it image i like the brains of morphoton in keys mariners too uh so do is it the brain or am i gonna say kef mcconnick's music because i think that has had some splendid moments and i did choose that for battlefield which is slightly cheating and i chose dominic glynn's music for battlefield and i do think dominic glynn's music is much much better than kef mcconnick's music and yet i have a i have an enjoyment of kef mcconnick's you know in, in in the enthusiastic racket uh that uh, fills the, the stories um is 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 a key element to my memories of it uh and and has had a bit of a bad press um uh and and actually i find myself finding it key ingredients of uh, of these age stories again i think compensating for the fact that um you know you have half a dozen actors in a in a plywood set or in a quarry augmented with space tinsel uh and it's videotape um and you need to you need to somehow have something in the soundtrack to uh give it the sort of epic quality that that sometimes the resources otherwise cannot cannot convey um but could kef's kef mcculloch's music be the overall thing that i do What's Anthony going to choose as well? Uh, I mean, they they will probably choose Kate Mara's hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, that's part of what this game is. It's anticipating what your guest, uh, what floats your guest's boat. I'm going to choose... No, I'm going to choose... I'm going to choose the brain. I'm going to choose the big sexy brain well what can you say about part three um a lot there's a lot of running around it's it's uh you know it is a typical part three run from here to there to everywhere that's you know that's that's not a problem that's fun we get some additional characters we get some nasty bits we get a lot of kate with her hands on the hips which is just fantastic we get a nice bit of uh wonder Anthem swooping about us that's that's great as well uh but i think here you also have to mention the effects how wonderful are the effects oh my gosh the bubble effects obviously the uh strange matter asteroid and the rocket that launches later in the, in the story towards it the lift off and the citadel itself is just fantastic uh so it all goes to help to alleviate it from and elevate it from just being in a quarry uh which it so obviously is but there's one thing in this episode i felt was really really special and again i'm going to fall back on guest cast but i mean i'm not really a huge blake seven fan I kind of missed it the first time round when it was on but i knew a lot about it because of the crossovers with who but it just thrilled me and still does that we have 
lending his voice, the great and unfortunately late Peter Tuttenham, who uh, of course was Orac and Zen and Slave in Blake Seven very famously. And uh, it's just so wonderful to have him here lending his, his voice. So my highlight for part three is the inclusion of Peter Tuttenham. That's odd because I'm so conscious of because I always go I, I I would always choose the guest cast largely because I could go and I've got a fact about them what's the fact they were once in a production of an ideal husband in Salisbury that's, that's not really a fact uh, as so much as a part of a CV well it makes me interest it doesn't make you interesting Toby I I try to think it makes me interesting this is why you will never be truly happy. Um, which, <laughs> um, and yet I haven't chosen uh, the guest cast from this because I think I, 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 I try and uh, I try and limit the amount of times that I do. Typically, uh, <laughs> Anthony has done it twice. Um, I did mention Peter Tuddenham and mispronounce his name. Why did I say Tuddenham? I don't know why. I think a friend of mine once pronounced it like that, and it sort of stuck. Um, but of course, I think. His son Luke Tuddenham uh, does the news on, on uh, on one of the BBC radio channels. So I know how it's pronounced. Um, I just, yeah. It's funny how you can know something and still do something wrong. Um, which is which, which is why uh, one should yes, one should never have a go at somebody for a typo because uh, they probably know it's wrong if they'd noticed it. Anyway, what am I? I'm, I'm talking rubbish now. Um, what do you mean now, Toby? It's been 25 minutes. Um, right. So um, I'm totally losing this. Let's see if Anthony can whitewash me two facts uh, when it comes to episode four. Um, but uh, that's the end of episode three. Will we uh, be able to see it through to the end and get our hands on the Loy Hargill, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, is an anagram of Holy Grail. That's the sort of thing Pip and Jane Baker did. And I'm sure it whiled away the hours in Ryslip where they lived uh, in, in a most entertaining way. God bless them. Um, my name is Toby. Thank you for listening and or watching to episode three of Time and the Rani. I'll be back with episode four shortly. Uh, please do stick around right to the end to listen out for details of the GoFundMe for Anthony, who is the reason I am doing this, like the hero that I am by watching some television and not shutting the fuck up. Uh, okay, I'm now going to do the second bit of that. God, bye! Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydock, and my special guest, Anthony Townsend, who is on Twitter at Antoine Fruit. Uh, I would also like to thank the patrons of Toby Haydock's Time Travels, who are Keith Perry, Jonathan Potter, Dylan Reese, John Rivers, Matt Sawyer, Keith Say, Len Stewart, Neil Tate, Nick Tedston, Nick Temple, Sabrina Tirabassi, Reynard Toombs, Apollo C. Vermouth, Gary Wales, Adam Westwood, Rich Wiggins, Michael Williams, Andrew Willis, Stephen White, Ruben Herfindahl, Jenny at Blue Box 99, Paul Cannington, Paul Cook, Peter Crocker, Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford-Kelk, Chris Phone, Jason Gorman, Siobhan Galichon, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Darren Mackay and Barry Platt. The music is by Dave Gates.
I'd like to thank all patrons. That was just a smattering of them. And if you'd like to add your name to the list, please go to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock. Uh, and you also get exclusive releases, early releases, loads of material that's not available, but also, you know, about six months ahead uh, in some cases of the general public and tiers start from as little as three pounds a month and you can also get a 10 percent discount if you sign up for a year but if you're juggling what to do with your money a better cause i'm saying this in spite of my own needs uh is dear anthony uh who you've been listening to who chose time and the rani but that is not the biggest of his issues at the moment he's poorly uh he's had a bit of a blow diagnosis wise and we're trying to help out uh, there's a GoFundMe page, a small hand for Anthony, Anthony, A-N-T-O-N-I. All the literature and details and links are in the blurb for this and at my Twitter um, for these episodes uh, at Haydoke Podcasts or at Toby Haydoke uh, in order to just give Anthony a bit of a helping hand at a very difficult time. So if you could do that, I would be grateful. If you can't find the link, I can't read it out here. It's too long. Drop me a line. I'll point you in the right direction. <laughs> Live comedy is back again, so if you're in the Manchester area at 8pm every Tuesday, Excess Malarkey is back in business at the Breadshed in Manchester. Our live uh, online shows that we did throughout lockdown were successful enough for us to retain that model. We're obviously not doing them on our usual Tuesday nights because we're live again, but from the first Sunday of every month from August uh, on twitch.tv forward slash excess malarkey there'll be live comedy me and four guests from the international comedy circuit so if you want to put a smile on your face you can do that 